Welcome back, folks. Larry Kudlow. We're going to talk some money in politics. We have the great Liz Peek, Fox News contributor, syndicated columnist, and John Fund, National Review, National Affairs reporter, Committee to Unleash Prosperity, Hotline, and many other things. <clears throat> Welcome back, kids. Um, I want to do two things. I want to talk about Senate races breaking towards the GOP, and I also want to talk about Liz Peek's terrific column about the um, – about the Liz Truss debacle. But let me begin. John Fund, you know, you told us at the Committee to Unleash Prosperity Dinner, I don't know, a month ago or more, get ready for the likely voter polls. So the likely voter polls are coming out, and it looks like the Senate races are breaking towards the GOP. Uh, John, what are you thinking here? What do you make of this? Um, How strong is this? How reliable is this? Well, the average voter who doesn't want to spend a lot of time on politics doesn't focus on the election till the end, and we're close to the end. Once you focus on the election, they have to sort out what are the issues that they tell pollsters are important versus the issues that actually help them change their vote or make them change their vote. The Democrats, their campaign basically is to ignore the economy, to hide Joe Biden into the Delaware basement, and to talk about abortion, to talk about extremism, to talk about um, basically the the Democratic uh, Green New Deal, and a few other things. The Republicans are talking about inflation, they're talking about crime, they're talking about immigration, they're talking about parental control of education. Mm. If you line up those issues, you know, people want to be politically correct. A stranger calls you up, they say, is is climate change important? Of course you're going to say that, otherwise you're deplorable. Uh, but, but if you actually look at how people vote, they're going to vote because prices are going up in front of them. Are they going to believe, you know, Joe Biden or their lying eyes? Mm. And they, the votes that move people, the issues that move people are moving towards the Republicans on every front. You know, uh, Liz, I'm looking just the New York Post this morning. They have a, a chart of the real clear politics. Uh, in the Senate projection, they're now looking at 53 Republicans and 47 Democrats, GOP pickup of three. Uh, that's actually the biggest number I've seen in any single poll. And um, it sure looks like the cavalry is coming. <laughs> Finally, the cavalry is coming. <laughs> and boy, do we need the cavalry. Uh, yes, I'm very excited about the way the polls have turned. And I think John raises the... Uh, the excellent points that Democrats simply are not addressing the issues of mo- that are most important to Americans. And we've seen that that willful ignoring of those issues for months now. But I think a couple of things happened in the last few weeks that are that are sort of turning the tide. One is that gasoline prices started going back up. Mm-hmm. I have said, Larry, on your show and on this radio uh, show a couple of times, if you track, nothing tracks more closely with Biden's approval ratings than gasoline prices. They went down for 98 consecutive days. His approval ratings went up basically during that same period of time. They both turned just a few weeks ago. uh, And unless something, you know, truly miraculous happens, that's going to continue through Election Day. And I think voters are also incredibly insulted by the fact that Joe Biden has gone to such lengths to prevent American oil and gas producers from helping uh, increase supplies and bring prices down. The whole thing is so 
counterintuitive and just plain stupid. And voters are not stupid. They get what's going on. So I think that is a big, big turn. Uh, and, and I think the other thing is, you know, when, when the leak happened about the abortion ruling from the Supreme Court, my immediate reaction was, hate to say this, that was kind of good news for Republicans because that issue has been out there now for many months. Mm. And had it really just arrived in June, which it didn't it arrived, it was leaked earlier than that, I think it would have more potency. But over time, uh, I think people have come to understand, or at least some have, that there are two sides to the abortion question. States maybe should be in charge mm. of making policy. And women have kind of, you know, looked at it a little less frantically, maybe. Mm. And it's just not resonating the way it did. So I'm glad we're seeing the polls uh, strengthen. I think Joe Biden's wrong in hoping that somehow, somewhere they're going to turn around again. I think, I mean, John would have a better sense of that than I. But I think once this die is cast now, three weeks out, it's pretty much set. Yeah, you know, John, you think about it to <clears throat> extend your point and on your point. So the Democrats uh, basically vote uh, abortion, uh, the, the, you know, the January 6th hearings, Trump, MAGA, fascism, all that stuff. Not once, really not once, spring, summer or now fall, have they dealt with inflation, economy, recession. And, I'm not, and, I'm not, and then I could add to that crime and the border and so forth. But every single poll, every single poll, liberal polls, conservative polls, inflation, economy, inflation, economy, everything like 80 percent. That's the deal. And I watched Biden, John. What was it? His presser on Thursday He stands up in front of everybody and says um, the problem with high gas prices or natural gas prices or energy prices. The problem is that all companies aren't producing enough. They're asleep. Okay, I've not done a thing to stop production. Now, John Fund, you can't get away with that. It's just such a flat-out lie. People look at that and said, this dopey dope is not the guy I want, and I'm not going to give him any more majorities. Larry, I think the troubling thing that Americans have realized is Joe Biden probably already actually believes this stuff. (laughs) And I I tell you, I I urge you to go to the White House website and look at the transcript of his speech for John Fetterman, Mm. uh, who's also, shall we say, a challenge candidate in Pennsylvania for Mm. Senate. And I defy any of your listeners to read this speech and view it as anything than utter incoherence. And it's sad. I mean, Joe Biden has spent a third of his presidency at his Delaware home. It's a nice home. In fact, I have a good friend who lives very close to him. I've seen it. Um, and I think he's hiding out from the American people. Democrats don't want him at rallies. There's not been a Joe Biden rally in weeks because he'd be booed. What constitutes, a, like, if he gets 11 or 12 people, seven of them, seven of them are Secret Service? That's a Biden rally. The other, the other's the, the other, the poor young woman on the comms staff that has to go to these events. I mean, I, well, I'll tell you the, the one, the one who's popular with Democrats, the only one who's out campaigning for rallies and things like that is Mrs. Wilson. I'm sorry, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is campaigning. 
uh, and she's very popular. Mm. And she's the one who says, you know, we can't we have to run again in 2024. We've got work to do. Biden himself, when he was asked, are you running again? This, this, this is, you know, and he says, well, I haven't made up my mind yet. I think this, this did you see, John, uh, it, it, he was asked what his wife thought. Did she want him to run again? And he literally couldn't answer it. He kind of paused for such an uncomfortable period of time that the interviewer asked him again. I mean, I think to your point, I think Americans feel some sympathy with Joe Biden. I, I, I don't. I think he you know, went into this knowing that he was not in good shape, not fit to be president. I have no sympathy for Jill Biden because she totally enabled this. The good news for Joe Biden is his vice president is Kamala Harris, or he'd be out after the midterms in a heartbeat. And, I, and that's mean, not a joke. I mean, you mean I, Kamala I Harris? Kamala, you know that Kamala so Harris is unpopular. What? You know Kamala Harris's nickname? What? At the White House? It's insurance policy. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, but honestly, it, it's not a joke. I think it's horrifying to think that neither of these people is held in anything but the lowest esteem but American voters. And my gosh, you know, you, they're going to, I read uh, an article about how they're going to be finger pointing after the, after the midterms. Yeah. I mean, boy, do, do we have a lot of fingers? No, to no, point no. And- it won't be finger pointing, Liz. It's going to be backstabbing. And the, yeah, and the person with the dagger right. in his back is going to be Joe Biden. Right. But one of the yeah. things going on here, every time Biden, he gets up at these pressers, he says these ludicrous things. They're, they're fraudulent things. They're false things. They're essentially lies. And I still think that um, the public has utterly lost confidence in him. And yeah. he, he will never get it back. And I know that inflation, economy, recession, crime, and so forth are the big issues. But I think as a subheading issue, maybe sub rosa, the confidence factor is really killing him. And they do not want to give him majorities. In other words, they want to check him. They don't want to support him. And I well, think that's a big thing uh, when, when people wind up voting November 8th. I, I think that's right. Polling has showed that, Larry. But think about it. I mean, the, the administration, again, going back to our John's earlier comments, they've done nothing, have no answers on inflation. They've done nothing on crime except talk about gun control. That doesn't help the person whose house is robbed at gunpoint, et cetera. They've done nothing on immigration. Did you see, I'm sure you guys saw, that they, they released the latest immigration numbers la, fr, Friday night, last night, at like 11 o'clock or something hmm. to talk about trying to avoid the news cycle. And they're horrible. 2.3 million people hmm. have come in to the country illegally. And that does not include people who are undetected, which, of course, is a pretty big number, too. So, I, I mean, I just think uh, even people who aren't really paying an enormous amount of attention to the border issue, by the way, I totally applaud Ron DeSantis uh, and Greg Abbott governors of Florida and Texas, respectively, for bringing this to the public's attention by carting people up to places like Martha's Vineyard. Good for them, because I think Americans actually now are paying attention to this. Mm. And that is a horrifying number. Yeah, it's another sleeper issue up here, up north. Up north. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. John Fun, what are you thinking here? You thinking they can pick off 53 seats in the Republicans? Um. The margin of error in all of those seats is large enough. We can't tell. It's going to it's going to depend on turnout. It's going to also depend on whether or not some desperate Democrats engage in some uh, last minute shenanigans with mail in voting. 
But I will say that what Liz points out at the end is very important. Uh, did anyone foresee that Kathy Hochul, the governor of New York, would basically collapse? Right. I mean, she had everything. She had money. She had the support of her party. Uh, she had been able to, to to completely ignore issues. She refused to debate Lee Zeldin, mm. her Republican opponent. And now, apparently, she's close to being tied in the governor's race. Yeah. That would be absolutely astonishing. Now, I, I'd, I'll be frankly surprised if it actually happens. But if Kathy Hochul loses the governor's race in New York... That is beyond an earthquake. That is beyond a tsunami. It is the earth tilting on its axis. Yeah, listen, the poll this morning in the New York Post, Lee was on the show earlier, 45.6 for Lee, and she's got 45.3. And listen to this, um, Lee Zeldin on Hispanics, kids, listen, 54.36, 54.36 on Hispanics, and on independence, Zeldin 59, Hochul 28. Now, this poll, wow. John, you know these people better, these polls, but it's called coefficient. And among their um, credits, they predicted the young and victory in Virginia. So, I mean, these are, st- he's got a, just about a 20 point lead among Hispanic voters and uh, a 30 point lead among independents. I mean, really? This is like, you're right, this is a national tsunami. It's just remarkable, absolutely well, remarkable. And again, you know, things happen between now and the election. Also, a lot of the vote was locked in early. And frankly, the Democratic strategy is the smartest they have, which is they're refusing to debate. They're refusing to engage on the issues. They're frankly hiding. They just hope the storm abates mm. and, they can, and they can survive. But... What we're going to find out, I think, next month, Larry, is just as education came up and was ignored by the media and ignored by Terry McAuliffe, and it turned out that that's where the reason Glenn Youngkin won in Virginia, hmm. the parental control of education, crime is going to be seen in these northeastern states yeah. and these urban areas yeah. as a sleeper issue. The Democrats sent the signal of the century in the summer of 2020. They had told the entire country we have to lock down. We have to maintain social distancing. This is important. This is a, a, a once-in-a-500-year pandemic. What happens? George Floyd is murdered in Minneapolis by a rogue police officer, and they all say, oh, go out into the streets and protest. And when they went out in the streets and protest, they were along with those, I think, sincere and idealistic people in many cases, were opportunistic rioters and thugs. And they ter- torched a bunch of American cities including the city my sister lives in, Portland, Oregon. They turned them into wastelands. They destroyed the revitalization of many downtowns. And the American people watched as police were intimidated from actually responding, and liberals made up apologies for why these people were doing what they're doing. A, a fundamental error, it did not show up too much in the 2020 election, but it has come back today because the crime has spread throughout the country and in, even in rural and, and suburban cities. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break. Um, we, we're here with Liz Peake and John Fund, and we're going to ask Liz Peake if she's going to give Liz Truss a job after the debacle in London. I'm Larry Kudlow. We're talking money and politics. We'll be right back. Welcome back, folks. We're talking to Liz Peake and John Fund. <clears throat> Liz Peake, this is a excellent column. I just want to read this. Uh, listeners ought to go to the Hill and take a look at this. But this is uh, on the tragedy of Liz Truss. She threatened to undermine the elites who de- 
who advised defeatist policies that encourage slow growth and celebrate big government instead of competition, investment, and entrepreneurship. She also vowed to boost investment in North Sea oil and gas production, reverse the country's ban on fracking as the U.K.'s energy bills soar. Climate activists swooned in horror. The swift fall of the embattled PM is a sad day for England and the developed world. Liz, I, you just hit the nail on the head, really. I mean, the, the lefties, they're all coming after me. I'm watching, you know, I don't, I don't even do Twitter, but I'm, I'm just getting stuff from the Googles. Um, she got whooped politically. I think it's a horrible mistake, but the bigger picture is the one you're painting. You either want to go Joe Biden, Green New Deal, socialism, no growth, et cetera, or you want to come back to um, pro-growth, free enterprise capitalism. And uh, for the moment, the U.K. is going in the wrong direction. And that's the tragedy. Thank you, Larry. But as I've listened to the talking heads uh, on all the various news channels other than Fox News and Fox Business, they are so excited to see Liz Truss thrown out of office. And no one has talked about the fact that Liz Truss took office It was a mess. I mean, inflation was already 10 percent. Energy prices are up 70 to 80 percent year over year. And by the way, this started way before Putin invaded Ukraine. England basically walked away from their own energy self-sufficiency and adopted a lot of policies that have turned out to be a complete disaster. David Cameron tried to turn her over, turn around on some of that stuff. But conservatives have been in office for 12 years. And frankly, they've not done very well. They all vowed to keep taxes from going up, but little by little, taxes went up. The VAT went up, et cetera, et cetera. Here's someone who actually wants to do something bold, and I get it that the timing was not good. But when you look at what caused the timing to be bad, basically what what happened is that pension managers have leveraged up their guilt portfolios taking advantage of the opportunity to do so because of 0% interest rates and easy, easy, easy money and having to do so because of those same policies. Meanwhile, we have such an inflation problem thanks to the American Rescue Plan and other spending that Jay Powell is making the dollar so strong that the pound is under pressure. None of that had to do with Liz Trust. I mean, Mm. admittedly, Mm. she launched this plan in the middle of some pretty – turbulent times. And that is a tragedy because what everyone is taking away from this is, oh, my gosh, cutting taxes. By the way, one of the tax cuts was on corporations. uh, And what could be stupider in the middle of a downturn than raising taxes on corporations? But all of those sensible ideas, which unfortunately, again, were not packaged well and timed well, uh, are now thrown out the window. And your kind of economics, my kind of economics, are no longer credible because of this attack on Liz Truss. And I think that's a, that's really bad news. Well, John Fund, you know, it's uh, that last part that Liz said. I mean, the the MSNBC crowd is going wild over this. They just love this. They're, yep. uh, and I, I, I get these Google alerts, blah, blah, blah. There's a cuddle and more and laugher. It's going to happen here. Right. We're going to have it here. We're we're going to raise taxes. We're going to have green climate change. They're thinking Liz Trust now. This is the new world standard. But in fact, John, it's not. The U.S. is rejecting this uh, far left stuff. I mean, that's the interesting thing. That's the reason I'm always optimistic. The cavalry is coming. 
It's coming. <laughs> if it weren't coming, yes, I would be very pessimistic. It didn't come in England, okay? And if they go back to Boris Johnson, I mean, oh my gosh. You know, it's, yeah. it's like the Yankees' fourth relief pitcher or something. But John Fund, the cavalry's coming. So the Biden model, the Green New Deal socialist model, it's not happening here. At least that's my read. Well, Larry, it's even stranger than that, this left-wing criticism. The the key tax cut, which was lowering the marginal rate for income tax from 45 to 40 percent, was costing $2 billion. Right. right. Uh, the, the energy subsidy that she was putting in for two years, two years, because of the bad New Deal policies and Vladimir Putin's invasion, the Green New Deal policies and Vladimir Putin's invasion was going to be $110 billion. Mm. So mm. her extra spending, right. which was basically making up for all of Britain's energy mistakes, her extra spending dwarfed the tax cut. It wasn't the supply side tax cut. What it was, fortunately, Larry, was the illusion of a tax cut with an enormous spending increase for energy and Frankly, yes, I know some subsidies were probably necessary for people at the low end of the income scale, but the real story would have been, you know, nuclear power plants, fracking, she did some of that. So they're completely misreading it. It wasn't a supply side problem. It was a spending problem. But nobody doing doing them at the same time did spook the market. But all they did was attack the tax cuts, you know, because they love the spending. What I call the the IMF. World Bank, not World Bank, the IMF, Bank of Davos, Bank of England, Eton, Cambridge, Oxford. All they did is attack a $2 billion tax cut. They didn't mention and by, spending. <laughs> and by the way, Larry, and, and I think one of the reasons that they didn't go after the spending uh, per se is because every country in Europe's doing the same yes. thing. I mean, I forget what the number is in Germany, but I think it's a really big number that they're planning. But also Italy and Spain and all these countries are rolling out these big subsidies for for energy. So and they're all torching their budget. So this is the only place where it was coupled with something that we might applaud. Liz Peek, John Fun, you're both terrific. I appreciate it. Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. We will see you next weekend.